This is Neil Erwitz. I'm the Director of External Relations here at the Center for New American Security, and we're here with uh, Lauren Fish, who's with our Defense Strategies and Assessments Program. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Neil. So we're here to talk about exosuits, and I think when most people think of exosuits, they think of Iron Man. Uh, shooting stuff out of his palms and flying and whatnot. I get the feeling that's not what the exosuits we're looking at are about. Uh, how are exosuits useful on the battlefield and what do they actually do? Yeah, great question. So unfortunately, we're not at the point to have the Iron Man suit yet. Um, SOCOM has tried to develop the Talos suit, which is an armored uh, exosuit. Um, then there's also exoskeletons, exosuits that are um, unarmored. So the DARPA Warrior Web Program is a really good example of that. These are both programs that have seen some successes, um, still have some room to grow. But the reason they can be useful on the battlefield is because soldiers are increasingly carrying really heavy loads, more than any other point in history. Um, so we have really good data on the Romans carried about 60 pounds. Um, we have data on the British and the French in the middle part you know, of the mm -hmm. 1800s. Today we're carrying 80 to 100 pounds, maybe even more, and that has really serious consequences for people after service as well as on the battlefield, and they're fighting. They probably can't move very fast. Exactly. Mobility is impacted, um, but also things like cognition and operational effectiveness. So your head starts to tilt down the more weight you carry, which decreases the amount of uh, situational awareness you have. You are slower to engage a target that you might see. Um, and so that's consequential in, in combat. Uh, exosuits and exoskeletons can help this by helping you carry weight more easily. So whereas when you're under a lot of weight, your ability to intake oxygen and to move and to be agile is impacted, with using an exosuit or an exoskeleton, that's decreased, so by about 10%. So what does an exosuit actually look like? So they look like a bunch of straps kind of on the body is the way I'd say it in a lay person's mm -hmm. term. Um, you'll see them at a lot of the joints, at the knees, around the chest. Um, some of them come in different uh, multiple parts. Um, some of them are all in one unit. So that has consequences for actually how much gain you get out of the suit. So some people are seeing more gain because it's really primed to fit their body. Other people, if the suit is too big or too small, it's not as operationally effective. And when ballpark are we going to see this as a standard part of the uh, of the kit, for want of a better term, that a private might have? SOCOM's goal was to have an operational um, model available in summer, I believe, of 2018, so about a year out, that could be tested. Um, it's certainly a modernization question when you, we think about the budget, how much these suits could be used, um, how quickly, based on how quickly we could procure them. But it's also a really interesting concept of operational question. These are seen, especially the, the Talos program, to be kind of a tap tactical application. So really the first guy in the door in an urban combat situation will be wearing one and the rest of the unit might not. So he's the guy that you want to be able to carry a lot of weight, move quickly in, be armored as well, um, and then have follow-on forces after that. So uh, there are implications here for gender. Now I know, and women in combat roles. Now I know that uh, we've seen women break through and uh, you know have uh, gone through the Green Beret uh, training. Um, how does this affect all of that? 
Sure, that's a that's a also a good question. <laughs> um, the women in combat issue, um, I think this isn't going to solve it completely. So this isn't going to completely level the playing field between men and women. As I indicated, on average, you're seeing about a 10% increase. So if we can get another 10% out of every exceptional soldier on the battlefield, then that's wonderful. And so if that's the really strong women that are passing ranger school, then that's great. Um, or if it's another dude out there on the battlefield, also also wonderful and something that the military should be taking advantage of. But because of the gains, it's not so overwhelming that it's going to completely absolve, absolve the problem. Perfect. Um, well, really looking forward to this. And when we actually see these on the battlefield, I'd love to talk about it more. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Neil.